hello hello and welcome back imposters to the 22nd episode of the you're not qualified podcast my name is courtney heater and i am just so thankful to still be here with all of you thank you so much for listening it is now april and just about spring here in the northern hemisphere and i am ready for it We are wrapping up season one this month of the podcast, and I have some bangers to go out with. So three more after this. I'm so stoked about it. Reminder, season two will start up in mid-August. Today's episode is for all of you out there who don't have a college degree, have a very non-traditional background for what you're doing. I'm talking very, very, very non-traditional background, or who are grasping for a life that you might think is out of reach for where you're at right now. If you fit into any of those categories, if you fit into two of them, if you fit into all of them, then this is absolutely the episode for you. We are talking with Kevin Palmieri. He's the CFO and co-founder of the podcast Next Level University, which you guys, it's a multi-six-figure earning show. To say it's successful would be doing it a disservice. It is explosive. This topic that we're going to be talking about in parts of Kevin's uh, journey is really near and dear to my heart because I almost did not finish college myself. And I was very ashamed of how long it took me to finish. Um, Little side note, it took me 11 years. To finish. I'm officially a college student. And I felt seriously disadvantaged without a degree. The reasoning for mine was very much so economic. I really was like a falling out with my family and I ended up having to pay out of pocket for college all of a sudden and I needed to go part-time periodically to be able to pay out of pocket and I took loans but not too much loans because they started to scare me so I ended up going part-time at school for a few quarters to be able to work full-time so it it took a toll obviously it was very exhausting and I moved around a bit but after I moved to Washington I ended up finishing my degree 11 years after starting it I am very happy and very proud of myself to have it. I feel very accomplished, but now I know, I know this literally through the process of seeking my degree while also seeking employment in the industries that I really wanted to be in. My degree did not contribute directly to my success. And I can only guess that I'm not the only person that falls into that category. But boy, did it help my tenacity flourish. I mean, I definitely can encourage myself and do things just for myself, but it's it's a whole other beast, guys. And Kevin went through similar things. He actually does not have a college degree, but he's incredibly accomplished. And this is an amazing episode, amazing conversation, highly applicable topic to being not qualified and having mounds of imposter syndrome. This conversation is a gold mine. All right, are you ready? Let's go. I've been waiting for this my whole life. 
Here we are with Kevin. He is the CFO, founder, and co-host of Next Level University. So he helps other people scale and monetize their podcasts amongst other things in their life. He took his own from zero downloads, zero listeners, and now you have a multi-six-figure business, which is incredible. And I checked, as of today, over 900 episodes. I think you're at like 915 or something. Welcome, Kevin, and thank you so much for being here. Courtney, I appreciate you having me. If the behind-the-scenes conversation is any indication of how this will go, I am very excited, and I'm sure it will be wonderful. Oh, great. Uh, Kevin comes from us from New Hampshire, Mm -hmm. which is very far away, but probably very beautiful. Hopefully a little bit sunnier than Seattle has been. Not today. No, (laughs) but Seattle's, it's just, it's thing. Mm -hmm. We're just rainy all the time. Yeah. I love to start out with a very humbling question. Why are you traditionally unqualified for what you're currently doing? That's a wonderful question. I grew up as the townie gas station attendant when all of my friends decided they were going to go away to college after high school. I didn't. And Ah. I worked at a gas station. I cleaned bathrooms at a hospital. I was a personal trainer. I was a truck driver. I was on call for the fire department for a short time. I was in construction. So by all outside standards, I don't have the traditional education that one might accumulate and maybe need to get to where we are. So I would say that is the biggest one is if you looked at my past, you would never have predicted that I would be where I am today. I was the one Courtney in my friend group who we all expected to end up in jail. That was my identity in my, in my friend group. So I think those are all decent points to say that I'm not necessarily qualified to be where I am. So you didn't go to college? Or did you just delay college? No, I never did. I realized in high school that so many of my friends were going to college because that's what their parents wanted them to do or their guidance counselors or whatever it may be. And I knew that I either wanted to do one of two things. I wanted to fight professionally in mixed martial arts. That was my first dream. Or I wanted to do something with personal training. And I trained to fight professionally and I ended up getting a pretty bad shoulder injury. So that sidelined me for a while, but I just kind of job hopped after that. I knew college wasn't for me. And I knew putting myself into 60 to $120,000 worth of debt. It just wasn't what I wanted to do. I didn't want to start my life that way. Man, if we all just had that wherewithal at that age, Mm. because it is, it's pushed on you. College is absolutely shoved on you. And it's in my family, it was college or the military. Mm. So I didn't want to go into the military. So I was like, I guess I'm going to college. Yeah. My family was very supportive, which I'm, I'm grateful for, but nobody in my family had gone to college. So it wasn't exactly, Hey, you need to go to college. Cause we all did. I think that my expectations were probably pretty low of what was expected of me. I don't think that there was a lot of, I don't want to say hope, but I don't think there was a lot of expectations that Kevin was going to go do college or whatever it may have been. And yeah, it's just interesting how if your parents have done something, they might expect you to do it. My, my family had a lot of people in trouble with the law and that sort of thing. So that was what I was trying to avoid. And it's interesting how your upbringing determines a lot of where you end up after. Absolutely. I'm thankful that you had such supportive people around you then. Me too. Yeah. I know not everybody does. I know not everybody does. Yeah. That's really been a theme in my life, not just the people around me part, but I, so I didn't go to college and then I had a job as a gas 
station attendant. I ended up getting fired from that because I was looking for another job, but I ended up getting a job as a personal trainer. And when I signed up with this company, I had to sign a contract that said, if I quit within a year, I would pay a thousand dollars because training me evidently costs a thousand dollars. I don't know, but they tried to teach me sales and the way they tried to teach me sales was very pushy and very out of alignment for me morally. I couldn't do it. So I actually paid a thousand dollars to leave that job. I signed them a check for a thousand dollars and left and I didn't have another job planned. So this whole like jumping, leaping before I look has been a theme in my life and it's paid off nicely, but there's definitely been a lot of bouts of pain in between, but that's definitely one of the through lines of my life for sure. Yeah. You just take the leap and you worry about the, the consequences or how hard it is later. Yep. yep. <laughs> it works. It worked so far. So you founder co-host Next Level University. Can you describe the business and how do you help people? Yeah. So we have the podcast, as you mentioned, seven episodes a week. Oh my God, I can't believe it. And our goal there, our motto is heart-driven but no BS, holistic self-improvement for entrepreneurs. So every single day, we bring you an episode of maybe it's how to get better at sales ethically or how to balance your relationship in your dream chasing. If you're an entrepreneur, relationships can be challenging or understanding finances or whatever it may be. So we try to stay in that realm because that's what we are. And then under that, we have group coaching. We have one-on-one coaching we have a free course, we have live events, as I mentioned, we just have so many different things going on. Because realistically, if you think about it, when you listen to a podcast, usually you want more. And it's not always more content, maybe it's, oh, what would it be like to work? I can't afford $150 an hour for coaching. Let me do group coaching. It's a little bit cheaper. Or I'm not in the space right now where financially I can afford to invest in a coach. Let me get a free course. Or maybe I'm doing really well and I really want to see what the deeper layers of the business is. Let me go do this retreat for three days or whatever it may be. So our goal, just like the namesake of the company, no matter where you are, there's a next level. And we try to figure that out with, okay, if you don't have any money, there's a level there for you. And hopefully we can help you get to the next one and the next one and the next one. So our main thing is impact. We want to try to impact as many people as humanly possible. And it's been wonderful. And that's the reason we have the business the way it is. And that's the reason we do seven episodes a week. It's not because I want to, I can assure you, it's very hard to come up with content that many days a week, but it's what we believe is necessary to have the level of impact and change that we want to. That makes sense. And Mm -hmm. you have one guest, right? A week. And then the other six are you and your co-host. Yes. Holy mackerel. Yep. (laughs) Wake up. Wake up, slimy fish! That a is a lot of content. It's a lot. I, once a week is even difficult. <laughs> but that's where like we started. Editing. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's where we started. We Again, we've been doing this since 2017. So right. in 2017, I started a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast. That was my show. And then Alan had a show called Conversations Change Lives. He interviewed me first. I interviewed him first. And then we ended up partnering up. But when oh. we started... It was one episode a week. I was doing all the audio editing. I was doing all the video editing. I was making teaser clips. I was doing the show notes. That was how it all started. And then it was, okay, we're going to go to two. And then we're going to go to three. And then one of our mentors challenged us to do more. Then we ended up getting a team. 
because we were making money. So I always like to put that out there that we started just at the same part everybody else did. And we faced the same challenges that everybody else has. And no matter where you start, it's usually a pretty even playing field. Now, again, I always like to say this too. Alan and I are very privileged as two white men in America. So like we maybe do have opportunities that other people don't have. And I think that's important to state, but we started at one episode, just like everybody else. And if you're out there, you can do it too. You can start with one and see what happens. Maybe you're not supposed to be doing seven. Yeah, exactly. You probably guessed this already, but just in case. So Alan, whom he is mentioning, is his co-host of Next Level University, Alan Lazaros, and he is also a peak performance business coach. So he does some business coaching on the side. And if you're interested in either Kevin or Alan's journey and a little bit more about them, nextleveluniverse.com slash about, of course, we will have that in the show notes as well, will bring you a little bit more information on them and how they work together. Yeah, it all depends on the the message you want to mm-hmm. get across and how you want to grow it. Absolutely. You did mention your business is all about helping people level up whatever they're passionate about, wherever they want to go next. And you have so much energy and love to give. I listened to a couple of the episodes and it's very evident and it's so energetic and the the passion is just overwhelming for helping virtual strangers, right? Mm, yes. When was that drive born for you? It's very interesting because I was looking back recently on my past and there was a point in my life and I'm going to, I want to walk this line. I, I want to make mm-hmm. it land, but there was a point in my life where I was single and as a single man, I was looking for companionship. So I will say I had some friends with benefits. Uh-huh. The reason I say that is because my friends with benefits, I actually tried to help with their lives. It was like, we were actually really friends who after they left and found their forever person, they would text me with advice for relationships which is super weird That's in retrospect, weird. Yeah. But, but I like to think it's because I, they knew I always wanted to help. I think that's always been the through line for me is I think I've always wanted to be the person that I needed. I grew up in a single parent household. I was raised by my mom and my grandmother. I never really had positive male role models in my life. Alan, his father passed away when he was young. So Alan didn't have many positive male role models in his life. So I think that we, and and me specifically, I've always wanted to help in some way, shape or form. I think deep down, I never felt good enough to do it. I think that part of, I never felt qualified enough to help people. That was always a thing for me. And Courtney, it's interesting because most of our listeners early on were women. And you might never guess that of a tattooed bodybuilder and a, a male model. You might not guess that, that we would have a pretty heavy female listener base. I never would have guessed it. But I think it's mainly because we all have the same common wound of low self-worth. I've never felt good enough, ever. That's Even just, now? I do more than I ever have, but I still have moments of not enoughness. Yeah. Yeah. And th- the lesson is results don't fix that. It, it's, it's results. I was a six-figure earner at 26, and I assumed that was going to fix it. It didn't. And we make more money than that now. And it's still, it's the internal battle that you have to fight every day. It's not, no amount of money, no amount of downloads is going to fix that. Mm-hmm. And I know that now, which I'm grateful for. 
But the through line of all this, and the reason I brought up friends with benefits is because at a deep level, I've always longed to help others. I just have, I just don't think I always knew how. And I think that's part of why I work so hard to make sure my competence is high enough to actually help people. And you're covering so many bases with Mm. how you help people. And it's, yeah, you want to go to the reaches of how you can. Yeah. And the six figure is awesome. Six figure income plus is awesome. But one thing that I did get from this conversation so far, and even from a little bit of research is what really matters is your thoughts Mm -hmm. and how you talk to yourself Mm -hmm. and how you think about yourself. And that is the real wealth. Mm -hmm. And why should we be so concerned about how we talk to ourselves? And how we think about ourselves? Because we talk to ourselves more than we talk to anybody else. And I think we don't value that enough. We care. And again, when I say we, I'm not saying you out there. I'm saying I've been there and still am there sometimes. We care about what people think sometimes more than we care about what we think about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And particularly if you have any part of you that has a low self-worth you're willing to seek approval from other human beings over the approval of yourself because you don't think you deserve it. And it's that weird thing where, again, one of the most painful parts of having a podcast community that was filled with women in the beginning was I've heard so many horror stories of how they've been treated. Consider the fate of your women. Clearly, you don't know about women. I might as well have marched them up here, judging by what I've seen. And that's one of my purposes in life as well. And we can go into that also, but it's made me realize that so many people, something happens to them at a young age and that hurts their self-worth. And it's not a coincidence that they start attracting negativity into their lives because they don't think they deserve positivity. And I think in some way that was very much, that was very much me. And it, the car doesn't matter. The money, it helps by comforts. It does. It it helps by certainty. But when you lay your head down on the pillow at the end of the night, you're the only one who truly knows what you're thinking. And you're the only one who knows how bad you're struggling and the only one who knows what you're afraid of. And if you don't become self-aware, you're going to be chasing things forever, quite literally forever. And I think that's why we see so many celebrities who break because they think it's going to be something that it's not, and they're not capable of it. So our main thing has been work on our characters first. I don't ever want to lose the results that we bring because I don't have the character to sustain it. And I don't think a lot of people go that way. We were broke for a long time, Courtney, doing this, just trying to figure it out and become better men. I always want to be a better man. That's always the goal. But what what does that look like in terms of our overall brand and is that, should I be focusing on money and building a business? So it's been an interesting, it's been an interesting journey, but I do realize that we wouldn't have what we have if we didn't have the level of self-awareness that we have, because how do I teach you to overcome your limiting beliefs and your blocks? If I haven't done the work myself, that's, I am, I have to be the test dummy. I have to be the Guinea pig and you can't teach something you haven't experienced or studied. And I've had a lot of experience with that, unfortunately, and fortunately, because it's helped me help others. You need to know what it looks like Mm -hmm. when other people are going through it. And then having the story of this is what I did, and maybe a portion of this would work for you is so helpful. Yeah. It gets like a blueprint when people are struggling. Yeah. We're all looking for a guide. Absolutely. That's all. I am a perceived podcast guide because I have 900 episodes and we're successful. 
So a guide has proved the concept of what they're doing. That's all it is. So yeah. we, we all want to be guides and we want to be guided by guides. We want to be led by guides. I don't know. You know, if you're looking for something to rehearse in the mirror to yourself every morning and you're looking for a little bit of an inspirational mantra to maybe sing song to yourself in the car or scream at yourself in the car, depending on what motivates you. I don't know. It depends on my mood. So I'm just throwing it all out there. I think that you should rewind this and just pick out little bits of that last like uh, five minutes, I think, of Kevin just nailing it in terms of you are worthy, we go through these cycles of not understanding our worth, and he breaks that down so beautifully to the point where I felt so self-reflective. And I say this a lot when I'm talking to people on this podcast, but it's therapy to me as well. So just pick out little bits of it, pick it out, and scream at yourself in the mirror every morning that you are amazing, you're worth it, you're beautiful, you are everything and you can do anything. Go do that thing. You did mention you, you went through periods and you still do of I'm not good enough and pushing through and growing a business in the way that you did. I've never done it. I might do it someday, but it's got to be so hard. How often did you want to give up and what did you, what was your self-talk when you did? It's interesting because I think I had some level of being naive. So mm -hmm. this is where the this is where humility and insecurity cross, okay? Thank you, Lord, for teaching me humility. So my business partner is a genius, and I'm not saying he's very smart. He is something that is, I don't know if has ever been seen before. We're talking Elon Musk status. I don't get it. I don't know how I got connected with this, but he has charted a lot of the path in terms of, Kev, we have to do this, and I can't tell you why. Don't know why, but I guarantee it'll pay off. And it's like, all right, whatever. So I'm very blessed. And I like to put that out there that I have a business partner who is truly extraordinary that I could not have built this by myself. I'm certain of that hundred percent. He couldn't have built it the way he did without me, but he's definitely been a, a very big part of what we have. So I want to make sure I put that out there, but the insecurity that comes with that I've had to work through is this is supposed to be my business. This is supposed to be my brand. I'm supposed to be the guy. I'm not even the CEO of my own company. I'm the CFO because I am very money driven and Alan's not. So that was a difficult thing. So I think the through line for me, the biggest challenge has been my own ego, both on the arrogant and insecurity side. Mm -hmm. And I'm a very certainty driven human being. I did not realize how uncertain being an entrepreneur was. I had no idea how uncertain it was. So I joke about it, but this particularly the financial side of things has taken pieces from me that I will never get back. I just, it has been brutal. I, I couldn't buy my fiance Christmas presents two years in a row because I was so broke. I put myself $35,000 into debt to get where we are. My car was broken and it literally would stall in the middle of the street and I would just have to start it up while it was rolling. Like it was oh, like that for a year. That's embarrassing so, even. It was brutal. It was a nice car. So I don't know if anybody really knew because it was loud. So it sounded good when I started, but <laughs> it was... It was the most humbling thing in the world. It was, I have been stripped of, I still have some entitlement, I'm sure, but I have been stripped of most of it. It's been a very brutal journey that I think it's cool to talk about when you get through it. Yeah. But it's not for everybody. It's definitely, if you're very certainty driven, it might be too much for you. 
I can't even imagine being $35,000 in debt and still having the vision it's very right? difficult. of being like, this is going to be something. How many people, I'm sure how many people will just give up yeah. and be like, this is wearing on my family. And there's other people that are involved. You were engaged. There's other people involved in my success yeah. now. And it's not just me. Yeah. Um, damn, that's not easy. And, <laughs> but that also means that you can coach people through anything. Well, that's the thing is, and I'm not saying I've had it worse. I know there's people out there whose journeys have been way, way more. And they're still in that. it. Yeah, of course. But I, it's given me a lot of perspective yeah. of, I had somebody ask me recently, she said, Hey, when did you know it was time to quit your job? And I said, it's not time for you to quit your job yet. It's, I was reckless. I was reckless. It's not time for you to quit your job unless you're going to go do another one. It's not time for you to be a full-time entrepreneur yet. It's not as sexy as it seems, as awesome as it seems, it is not time for you. You don't have the infrastructure and you don't have, your skin isn't thick enough yet. It will, I don't want, I don't want you to have to go through that. It's not time. So it's helped me stop people from doing what I'm doing or what I did. And the other thing too, Courtney is I had $10,000 in the bank when I left my job, I moved in and lived with my buddy. So I was paying $500 a month of rent. So $500 rent per month. Um, I had all my credit cards were available to me. So I had $35,000 worth of credit cards to use, which was awesome. So I was set up somewhat. I just didn't think it was going to take as long to make money. Full disclosure. I thought it would be easier than it was. Yeah. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot, but the entrepreneurial game, the podcast game, whatever it is, you're going to learn a lot, but you're going to learn way more about yourself than anything else. I've learned more about myself than anything else. And it's very humbling to face some of those mirrors. What's the most shocking thing you've discovered about yourself through this journey? Oh man, probably my insecurities. Mm. Yeah. I seem like a very confident individual, but I am wildly insecure when it comes to I'm five foot four. Alan is six foot two. So anytime I'm in a room with Alan, he looks like a giant compared to me. That makes me insecure. I'm not as smart as him, not even remotely close. He's just, he was born with something else that at times I can get insecure there. But I think it's really just trying, leaning into who I am. I'm the funny one. That's who I am. I just, that's who I am. Yeah, definitely that. How insecure I can get in moments. Now, on the wonderful opposite end, it's also how quickly I can rebound from that. I'm very Uh, comfortable now with being insecure. Yeah. Like I get back pretty quickly, which I never expected. Now it's, we just have open conversations of, I'm better than you at this and you're better than me at that. And there's no insecurity that comes with that. It's just, when it's a fact, it's a fact and that's okay. It doesn't have to hurt if you don't want it to. So let's just do a little practice together here. Maybe throughout your journey with your career or your journey with understanding where you want to go in life and getting yourself there, your journey from learning a new hobby or maybe just life in general. Can you think of one thing that you discovered about yourself that was very shocking, that was shocking in a bad way? All right, so think about that. But then, because Kevin did this so perfectly, because I was like, what, what, what sucks about you? And he's like, well, this, but also, you know what's great about me? Do you know what's wrong with you? No, what? Nothing. And I didn't even ask him that. I should have asked him that. But now, what is great about you? What is the flip side of that? And what do you bring to the table? I bet it's a lot more than you think it is. 
I feel the the same way in the insecurity bit in many situations. And one thing I have learned is what situations will put me in that insecure state. And that's been really helpful. Not avoid those situations, learn different thought patterns around those situations. Yeah. You can prepare yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. On the, the website, I believe there's a quote that really stuck out to me. I said, or maybe it was in the conversation that we had prior, but it was, you believe in a heart-driven, but no BS approach to holistic Mm self-improvement. Heart-driven, no BS. Can you break that down for us? What does that mean? I think there's a lot of people out there that, and again, I really want you to listen to what I say if you're watching or listening. There's a lot of people out there who tell you're enough. Intrinsically, you are enough. You are enough intrinsically. You're a great, probably very valuable human being. But that doesn't mean you're capable of accomplishing your goals yet. And heart-driven, I love you. I love you for you, and I want you to love yourself for yourself. The no BS is there's a lot of people lying to you, telling you you don't have to do anything. And you, can only, you only have to do what you feel like. That's, it's false. It just is. Or the people who say success is easy false. It's not because if it's easy, you could be more successful. It growth requires conflict. If you want to gain muscle, you have to face resistance. And I think there's a lot of people out there who, I think we had the toxic over hustle culture. Mm-hmm. I think we have rebounded to the toxic. Don't ever hustle and only do what you feel like intuitively is aligned for you. I think we're on the other end right now. And I think a lot of people are going to end up very unsuccessful and they're going to wonder why. I really do. And that frustrates me. That frustrates me because I don't believe a lot of people actually have the results that they say they have. In fact, I'm certain they don't because I know them behind the scenes. And when you've been in this long enough, I know who's paying for followers. You can tell. I know who's paying for views. You can tell. I know who's paying for podcast reviews. Courtney, I was supposed to go on a show a couple of weeks ago. And they emailed me an hour before I was supposed to go on and said, oh, we forgot to mention in order to come on the show, you have to pay $50. It's due to the outreach we get, it, we, it's just, it's unavoidable. You have to do it. And I, I texted my, one of my assistants and said, Can, cancel that. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. We don't pay to go on shows. We don't charge people to come on ours. I'm not going to pay. Mm-hmm. I looked at their reviews. They have 500 and something five-star reviews. No four-star, no three-star, no two-star, no one-star no zero star, if that's even a thing, everything gets negative reviews. So I said, okay, something's going on here. When you go through and read the reviews, they didn't even use the, the host's name. The names weren't even right. So that person paid for all that. So the heart driven, but no BS is look, I love you intrinsically as a human being. And I don't ever want to offend anybody. And I don't want to lead with ego. That's the thing is I don't want this to be an ego thing. And it's always coming from the heart. It is. It's always coming from the heart. But the no BS is I'm sick of people being lied to. And I'm willing to say exactly what it's taken us to be successful. So I don't think a lot of other people are doing that. In fact, the the fact that I don't have a nice car, a sports car is hurting us. I know that. I know it's hurting us. Oh, interesting. It is. Because if I pulled up in a Ferrari, you would take me more seriously. Maybe not you. The masses would. Yeah, It's just, it's social proof. He knows something. He must know something. And there's a lot of people out there who get qualified by having qualified purchases. And that's just not the game that we're trying to play. So that's the heart driven, but no BS. As you can tell, I get very fired up about that. Yeah, but you should. 
And like a a small note, I was actually just thinking yesterday that nobody's asked me for money to Mm. come on the show. I would never dream of asking anybody for money to come on this show. And I've never even seen that. And it was something I was like, I wonder if that exists somewhere where you do have to pay for the exchange. Huh? And there are guests that charge and they're bigger. So they can at this point. Yeah. There are bigger, but this is the thing that really is bothersome. Mm-hmm. If I paid $50 to go on that show, I would assume, oh my goodness, they have so many five-star reviews. I'm going to get seen by millions of people. Yeah. That's not true. That's oh. just not, that's a falsified business plan. It's just not, it's not true. It's got to be illegal somewhere to do that. Somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure. But like, the problem is that not enough people know. The awareness just isn't, and it how just do you isn't prove that it? high. Yeah. Like you'd have to, rather than say, oh, they don't mention the name or nobody has no negative reviews. It's you got to prove it. Yeah. It's a losing, it's a losing game that I would never invest. I overinvested time anyway, but now I have a good yeah. story and it's a proof that this is really happening, yeah. but I just don't like to see people being taken advantage of because of lack of awareness. I've seen it. I've been in the fitness industry since I was 16. Yeah. You're not going to sell me a product because I, my awareness is high enough to realize it's not real. I, I understand how it works. And not everybody does because that's not what they've studied. They've studied other things, parenting or mechanics, automotive, finance, whatever it is. So as long as there is a gap in human awareness, there will always be products that take advantage of that, unfortunately. You unfortunately. can't escape it. Yep, you can't escape it. So Kevin, what kind of car do you drive? <laughs> right now I drive a, I don't even know what year it is. 2013 Mazda 3. Oh, those are really cars. Yeah, that's not what I want. I want a Mercedes, Courtney. Before I had a 2013 Subaru WRX. It was very loud and it was very fast. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I love that. And when it broke, it was not financially responsible for me to go buy a nice car. It was, I need something cheap and reliable. And that's why I got a Mazda 3. It's practical. And now when it craps out, which probably will be a while. Uh, Yeah, I hope so. Or you can pass it down. I was debating on maybe giving it to my fiance at some point. I've been doing research and putting some thought and uh, time into getting a new car. I don't have a car. I haven't had a car for 10 years. Can you believe it? I couldn't. But my boyfriend then was like, oh, you know what? I can just give you my car and then I can get an upgrade of the car. He goes back and forth between that and we don't need two cars. But... The moral of the story is, I appreciate Kevin saying this. Maybe he and his fiance have a different take on this, but I was like, babe, I do not want your hand-me-down car. Like, save it. I'm buying my own damn car. That's the end of the story. Choose your next words carefully, Leonidas. They may be your last as king. But again, we're not, that's the other thing. I've just learned so much about money and finances, it's like right now is not the time for us to go. Yeah, we're doing really well, but the money's going back into the business so we can continue growing. Right now is not the time for me to go buy my $200,000 car. Unfortunately, I'd like it to be, but it's not yet. Yeah. And that, that's a hard pill to swallow. Let's talk about limiting beliefs. Oh, sure. All right. So we have them. They're ugly, especially in the times that we really don't want them to be there. They mm. rear their heads. I'm not good enough to do this is something that I think often, and I know so many other people think, 
whatever they're doing. It's, it could be at work. It could even be they're learning to play a board game for the first time. I have those beliefs, just playing a learning rules about a game. Mm -hmm. It's bad. It's toxic. How would you coach somebody to overcome these thoughts or how do you overcome those thoughts? I, what I do and what I tell my clients to do is look at the proof. So it took me 150 podcast episodes to feel like relatively confident. 150. Mm. Last one didn't go terribly wrong. The one before it went fine. The one with that guest went really well. What, where are you getting this data from? Like, where are you getting this belief from? So I don't think we have limiting beliefs. I think we have limiting identities. 10. X marks the spot. As a human being, you either believe in yourself or you don't. I don't think it, yeah, there are certain arenas where you'll believe in yourself more because it's a competence zone. So if you've been cooking for 26 years, you'll have more belief there than anywhere else. But for most human beings, their belief is directly correlated to the amount of competence they have in a given arena. It just works that way. Now, there, so there's a couple of different ways it can work. I have low belief and low self-worth. I had both. Alan has the highest belief out of any human being I've ever seen in my entire life. Anything is possible for Alan, but very low self-worth. So Alan will get walked on, but it doesn't matter because he believes in himself. What I have seen is it's usually the people, more often than not, the people who don't believe in themselves who are actually much more capable. Because if you do not believe in yourself, but you have very high self-worth, you become somewhat delusional because you have to justify your lack of belief with something else. I didn't have either, which is wonderful because it keeps me humble. But there are people that we have coached that are very, they have very high self-worth deep down. They don't have a lot of belief. And it's that weird thing where they'll never try because they don't think they have to. I don't have to try. I, I know I could do it if I want to then go do it and see what happens because mm -hmm. I can guarantee it won't go the way you want it to. And that's a good thing. No matter where you are, action always tells the truth. Action gives you results and the results determine where you actually are. So we call it the drive to five. Five is balanced. It's confident. That's what it is. It's confident, but humble. I was a zero. I didn't have any self-belief. I didn't had low self-worth. I didn't believe I deserved a mentor, no confidence, super insecure. Alan at times was a 10. Too much confidence. Out of sometimes. a zero to five scale, he's a 10. <laughs> uh, no, sorry. It was, it's a zero to 10 scale. Five. I believe it. It's, yeah, it, it's accurate. But he was arrogant at times. Oh, yeah. He didn't think he needed a mentor. He didn't think he needed to try. Luckily, together, we're, we drive to five. So a lot of people, it's either I can't take action because I'm not good enough or I don't need to take action because I'm already good enough. Both are wrong you're going to get feedback that's going to point you in a new direction. So I think it's more of a limiting identity than a limiting belief. And if somebody's out there and they have super high self-worth, they're also hurting themselves because they're not actually open to admitting the real truth that, oh, you know what? I'm putting on a show. I don't actually believe in myself that much. So I cover it up with fake high self-worth. And again, we've studied this I don't know how we found out. It just happened. We just noticed things. We would have people in our private Facebook group and it said on a scale of one to 10, how confident are you? 
And I knew people behind the scenes who were like a two, but they'd put 10. I knew people behind the scenes who weren't confident at all, but they were confident enough to put zero. And it's like this weird thing of, okay, where does this all land? And that's really what we came up with the hundreds or thousands of people we've studied at this point. It's very interesting to, to really think about it. And most people never, they'll just never know because they don't get behind the scenes. We were interviewed by a supermodel at one point and she wouldn't let us use the video because she didn't have makeup on. Now, okay, I, I understand and empathize, but you'd never think that, mm-hmm. right? You'd never logically think, well, she's a supermodel. Is she going to be fine with it? So it's that weird thing of, unless you see behind the scenes, you might not know. It, it, on your journey to, I guess, reshaping those limiting beliefs yeah. to help them help you. Would you say that consistency, commitment, doing that thing every day and all through the trial and error that increases your limiting beliefs, or I guess like decreases it, makes it go away a little bit. Yeah. Because you're rebuilding proof, rebuilding proof. I had a call with somebody the other day. She's a podcaster and a speaker. I'm a podcaster and a speaker. Uh And she said, I could never do this because my parents said I couldn't. I, I was always told that I wasn't enough. And I said, all right, let's just hypothetically, let's just play a game. Do your parents podcast? No. Okay. Have your parents ever spoken on stage before? No. Okay. Have your parents turned their speaking and podcasting company into a successful business? No. I said, I guess with all the love in the world, they're wrong. I'm right. You just, you're just listening to their conditioning. If you hang out with me long enough, I'll get you to believe the truth. Mm-hmm. But it's just a matter of, it's, it really is just a matter of reps. It's a matter of reconditioning past beliefs, which more often than not are incorrect. That's all it is. And also having the ability to separate from the outcome in a way. So we're very big on 1% improvements, mm-hmm. 1% improvements, 1% improvements. So there's a 1% win and a 1% improvement. If you focus, if you're low in belief and self-worth, you got to look at the wins. You got to look at the wins. If you're somebody high in belief and high worth, you got to look at the losses first. You have to look at both, but that's the key is, What's your 1% win? You'll notice, Courtney, if you start, if people who have low belief and and low self-worth, ask them for a daily win. You'll notice pretty quickly that they struggle to come up with them, but they're really good at picking apart everything that they do wrong. That's just, it's reconditioning. Yeah. And you have to have the balance if you're Mm -hmm. either way. Of course. I love the advice to take advice from the person who's doing what you want to do very well. That is so important. And something I've learned through interviewing people It's, uh, if you are taking advice from somebody that's not successful, or if you're taking financial advice from somebody that's not financially stable, their advice is null. Mm -hmm. They don't, and it's probably unwanted advice. They probably unsolicited, but it's so important. Only listen to those that are successful in what you want to do. Yeah. If you wouldn't trade places with them, it might not be, it's probably a good idea to at least think about it. Are there some cases maybe, but that's a pretty good law to to commit to is if you don't have results that i want i probably am not going to listen to you now you listen here he's not the massage he's a very naughty boy now go away absolutely no you give a lot of advice and it's really valuable and it's all over the board in the case that somebody wants to grow their business Mm. or start a business where do you start with them? Because, right, you can't just say, 
all of that in one session, say we're just starting out, how do you start the motivation? Where does it come from? It's, a, it, it's all personal and contextual. It depends on the person, but uh-huh. oftentimes it's tell me about your relationship with money. Mm-hmm. And from there, you can, I can get a pretty good idea if you're going to be successful in business or not. Because if you've grown up with scarcity, I had a client, she's a podcast client. And although I'm a podcast coach, we do like about a lot of other stuff. Cause when it comes to podcasting, you're in the public eye and there's just a lot of things you have to deal with. So it's limiting beliefs and it's finances and whatever it may be for that part of your business. And I said, when's the last time you checked your bank account? And she said, I haven't checked my business bank account in years. And I said, that has to change. We, how do you know whether you're winning or losing? Her, her mindset with money is very scarce. So that the ceiling for that type of business owner is very low. Mm. It, unfortunately, it just is. It just is. So almost I need to see the outline of the human before we determine the business. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, a business is you solving a need in the market and then exchanging money for it. That's pretty much all a business really is. But if you're a small business, the growth the scale and the amount of money you will make is directly correlated with the, the personal development of the person that's running it. I've never seen it. I've never seen it different than that, unless you're really wildly good at sales, but it'll crash and burn. So it, it really is if all, okay, say that's all good and there's no money mindset issues. And it's like, no, I'm, I love money. I was raised in a money positive environment. Money's not vilified at all. It's okay. Who is your customer? Do they actually want what you're providing? And can you do it profitably? Like, is there a big enough market? I see this with podcasters all the time. They're like, oh, I had 15,000 downloads this year. I'm going to start doing merchandise. Mm-hmm. You're not going to make enough money. I can assure you because mm-hmm. the trickle down effect from 15,000 people, you might have 150 people buy something. And if you're making $4 per piece, 150 times four, is that $600? Mm-hmm. It's not going to be enough to sustain. So it really is, who are you serving? How are you serving them? Do they actually want it? And how sustainable is what you're doing? And then part two is, what are you doing after you start that? I think that's an important thing is, and then like, where's the team come in? There's a lot of different ways to go, but it always, for me, it always is the beginning of, if you're not a, like I'll use podcast, if you're not a consistent human being, it's going to be very hard to win as a podcaster. It just is, right? It just is. If you have a very difficult aversion to money and asking for what you're worth, it's going to be very challenging. Mm-hmm. Those are the type of people who comes, become martyrs for their business, mm-hmm. right? There's a difference between being a caring person and a martyr and being a martyr is not sustainable long-term. And you're doing yourself and every potential client five years from now a disservice by going out of business, unfortunately. Yeah, that goes up to the no BS approach because I don't know anybody who could actually say rather than I'm just a compassionate person and it's being mistaken and they're actually a martyr and they're just, they are doing a disservice to themselves. I wouldn't have that kind of self-reflection capability. So it's important to have somebody be like, that's not as much positive as you think it is. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it is. It's very interesting because it's like, why aren't you asking for money? Yeah. I know they need my help and I just really want to help. I love that. I love that. 
but you're only going to be able to work with four people a year because you're going to have to keep your full-time job. It's just not, it's not sustainable for you to do that. And it's not serving like you think it is. It's just, but again, I was that way. I'm sure I was that way in the beginning. I, I didn't know anything about business. Yeah. Again, I didn't go to college. Like everything I've learned through either the pressure cooker or the books or experience. And I would have done things differently in the beginning for sure if I understood business now or if I understood business then like I do now, but I also never would have learned the things I learned. That's so, it's so true. Right? Would you have gone to school for business if you could do it all again? So Alan went to, he has his MBA uh-huh. from one of the top technical schools in the world. And he told me, he said, Kev, read these books, do this, and you'll know more than 99% of business owners I've ever met. So there you go. I don't yeah. think I would, no. Self-taught. There's a great book. It's called Business Made Simple by Donald Miller. If you're okay. out there and you want to grow your business, Courtney, Business Made Simple by Donald Miller. All right. Remember that. I was like, I can write that down, but I'm literally <laughs> recording this. I don't need to write that down. So you did mention, I asked what you, was the most difficult thing that you learned about yourself through this process. What's been the favorite thing that you've oh, learned man. about yourself? Okay. Let's mitigate ego flares here. There we go. I am a, I am an unreasonably consistent human being. Maybe one of, yeah, maybe one of the most, like I do. So I have a, we call it peak performance tracking. So I have a spreadsheet with all my habits and it gives, and Alan created this. So full disclosure, it wasn't me. And at the end of the day, it spits out a percentage of how much you did. I have got a hundred percent on my PPT for the last four months. And I do 24 habits a day. Monday through Sunday. It doesn't matter that it's the weekend. So that that is one of my superpowers is wow. I'm just able to be consistent. My issue is usually lack of awareness. I don't know. It's usually, I don't know what to do. When you tell me to do it or you tell me how to do it or you tell me what to do, I'm really good at that part. I'm good at executing. I'm not good at creating. That's just not my natural strength. I'm not a creator. I'm an operator. I'm really good at just... Like I track our listens, our finances, my weight. You know what I mean? I do that every single day because those are important numbers to know for the business. So I am a very consistent human being and it feels good. That's become part of my identity, which I'm very grateful for. 24 habits. Do those include brushing your teeth? No, that doesn't include seven episodes a week. It doesn't include the gym. It doesn't include... Oh God. Saying I'm impressed is the understatement of the year, but I also needed to flag that this is the full circle here of, you know, I finally got my bearings and I was like, wait a second. So what do you love about yourself? Uh, I definitely needed to ask him that. And I'm very, very pleased with his answer, but also 24 habits. I was thinking, do I have one? Like my habits are, you know, make sure I eat enough food, make sure I drink water, make sure I work out, make sure I go for a walk. But if that does not count in his 24 habits, wow. Like, is he superhuman? Kevin might be superhuman. It doesn't include any of my coaching calls. Yeah, no, no. No, it's all, it's like weighing myself is one. Tracking my calories is another. I took that one off recently because I was just too stressed and I needed comfort. Tracking the listens, tracking the finances. I reach out to at least one potential client a day. I have a conversation with at least one listener a day. I update our all prospects list. It's like all the behind the scenes stuff, really. I post on my social media. I post on my story, that sort of thing. That kind of consistency is something that I need. Yeah. The posting, that's really hard to adopt. It's, it's very difficult. It's, so I have this very 
and this is the heart, this is very heart driven, but no BS. Either I do the 24 things a day on this list, or I do not succeed at the level I want to. There is no in between. There just isn't. My awareness is high enough to know that if I don't do this, you're, I'm taking my foot off the gas. That's it. I'm cheating on my diet. If I don't do it, I'm cheating on my diet and I won't show up in shape at the time I want to. And I don't know where that comes from. I just am very honest about that there. I just want to win. I just want to win. That's it. I like, I can't not be successful. I it's, there's no other option. I've traded everything in for this at this point. So I think a lot of people say, oh, you know what? I deserve it. Like I deserve a day off posting. Maybe you do, but if you deserve a day off posting, you're not going to, you don't deserve the goal you want to. I don't know if you can have both. I wish you could. And there's some people trying to convince you that you can, I don't, I just don't believe it. It's just not a belief I hold. And if you feel so strongly that you like, you're so stressed, you deserve a day off. There might be even deeper, maybe it's not the right venture for you. Yeah. 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 So Kevin's next venture is going to be bottling consistency and selling it <laughs> to the masses. We have an app, Courtney. We have an app for that. It's oh, coming great. Up. Yeah. It's called, it's called Optimum. Perfect. And yeah. this is a perfect segue into where can people find? So you can just search Kevin Palmieri. I only use Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. I don't do TikTok or any of that. I just, I choose three things and just try to stay consistent with that because I'd rather do that. So Kevin Palmieri on Facebook or LinkedIn, and I am at never quit kid on Instagram. And then next level university, seven episodes a week, every single day from anywhere in the world for free or on all the podcast platforms, as well as YouTube. So Wow. Wowza. That's a lot. It's a lot, but this is your full-time job, right? You don't have it. This is it. We have a 15 person team, so I'm not doing everything. Like Mm -hmm. we're very blessed to have an awesome supportive team behind us who believes in the mission. And yeah, we're very blessed. And I'm very grateful for that, that I get to do this every day and I don't have to do things that aren't necessarily in my genius zone. That's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so very much for your time today. Of course, Courtney. Kevin, I appreciate it. And very excited for this episode to launch and all of these great pieces of advice for anybody that's honestly grow your podcast, grow your life. Just grow. Thank you, Courtney. I don't think I could have a better send off than the end of that episode. You are more than capable, more than capable. And I I do want to say a quick little addendum here that... I realize that talking through, if you want it bad enough, you will do it seven days a week, might not be the recipe for everybody. And I am sure that Kevin would probably agree with that. That's the recipe that made him successful. And that's the recipe that will make a lot of people successful. I do stand by the message that if you feel overwhelmingly tired by the passion projects that you're going after, the passion career that you're going after, or what you're trying to find that helps you thrive. If you're feeling overwhelmingly like, I don't really want to do this most of the time, that for sure just might not be the path for you. But if you feel like, oh man, like I'm kind of going too hard at this, like it's okay to take a break. That's really not what we were getting at. A break is necessary. I mean, hell, I'm taking a three-month break from the podcast because ending this month for season one, season two starts up in August. I'm doing that because I have priorities otherwise that are taking priority a little bit higher over the podcast just because of timing, like training for 
outdoor recreation and having a new puppy, needing to get his training on board, all of these things that are going to serve me in the long run, but will quickly come again full circle to its top priority in my life after my puppy's a little bit more confident in the world, after my summer excursions are wrapped up. So it's okay to take a break. It's okay to understand when you've had a little bit too much, but if you're finding your fire and finding your fire becomes exhausting, maybe you're chasing the fire that's not the fire for you is really, I think, what I was trying to get out there. But like Kevin is an impressive human being. He's somebody that I can learn so much from, and I'm so excited to know him. I'm so excited for you to know him. I will list all of his links and get in touch stuffs in the show notes. Please, if you're at all interested in getting to know him, absolutely reach out and take a listen to his podcast too. There's some excellent, excellent nuggets in there. Okay, so where can you find me? My name again is Courtney Heater. I can be found on Instagram at YNQPod. YN is a Nancy Q pod. TikTok by the same handle at YNQPod. I have an email address. Please get in touch with me. A couple people have been getting in touch with me about being guests on the show and I cannot tell you how much it just sparks my life. Like it gives me so much joy to see that. And yes, yes, yes. Everybody has a story to tell and I want to hear it. I will be scheduling those again come early August. So please get in touch and we can get you on the schedule. I'm super stoked by it. Please love that. And that's ynqpod at gmail.com. I have a website if you would prefer to go that route. And that has Instagram and my email address listed there. You're not qualified podcast.com. And I think that's it. Oh, Twitter, at YNQ Podcast. Also, apologies for the background noise. I am recording this in the evening. You know, like, (laughs) it's my time that I have to record. And my partner is in the next room playing Elden Ring. I don't know if anybody's heard of it, but it's like the hot new game. And it's very emotional, apparently. They make a lot of noise, he and his friends, when they play it. Uh, Beating bosses. Um, So excuse the fun noises in the other room. But please get in touch. Also, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. I'm stoked that you're here. I am so excited by the download numbers that this is hitting. And it's really, I hope, I hope, I hope, making a difference in somebody's day. Maybe even how they view themselves and their qualifications, eh? That would be even better. Trivia, real quick. So we talk a lot about CFO because Kevin is one and it got me thinking because he's like I'm a white male in America and I'm like oh yeah yeah like that's I'm a white female though which is not that far removed but I'm still female and it's a little bit more difficult so I was like okay so how many women CFOs or those that identify as women CFOs are there in the United States so get this the number of women who are CFOs at large U.S. companies is an at an all-time high, and this is as of January of this year, according to a survey data from executive recruiting firm, Christ Colder Associates. So of 682 companies in the executive recruiting firm's report, 
101 of those companies now have a woman as a CFO, which is just amazing. That just warms my heart. So if you're a woman, keep doing it. If you're a man, keep doing it. If you're non-binary, keep doing it. Please just go after it. Go do that thing. I believe in you. People believe in you. And there's help everywhere if you want it. Just reach out. And we're happy to be here for you. Okay, friends. I appreciate you. Have a great rest of your week. And I will see you next Thursday. Bye.